and welcome back to Stories New and Old with me, Alyssa. Today, we're going to learn about Robert Moses, a complicated and significant figure in New York City history, who single-handedly shaped the structure of the city as we know it today. You'll get to hear about how I first learned about Robert Moses, the various ways that he's portrayed in books and in theater, and one story that exemplifies his attitude when there is something that he wants. Get ready to dive into some interesting New York City history from the mid-20th century. First, let's go into some background about how I became interested in Robert Moses. It might surprise you to learn that I have the tendency to jump into things without fully doing research. I know, pretty ironic seeing as I have a podcast that is all based on research, but when it comes to my personal life, um, I kind of jump into things. And I don't mean this for you know high stake things like my job or my relationships, but when it comes to going to see a show or attending an event or reading a book, if something just seems interesting, I typically will go for it. So in a conversation with a coworker back in 2019, I mentioned that I love New York City history, and she recommended I check out a book called The Power Broker, Robert Moses and the Fall of New York by Robert Caro. And it's all about a man called Robert Moses. Robert Moses was an urban planner and a government official who basically designed New York City as we know it in the mid-1900s. What I didn't know when I bought the book was that it was over 1,000 pages long, and it truly feels like a textbook. It is so dense. It took me years to get through the whole thing, but in that time, I've not only learned about Robert Moses and New York City history to an incredible degree, um, but I've also had the opportunity to hear the author Robert Caro speak live at the New York Historical Society. And most recently, we went to see a play about Robert Moses called Straight Line Crazy with our friends Shatal and Rahim. So I am going to kind of give you the whole lowdown on who is Robert Moses, like his life accomplishments. Then we're going to talk about how he's portrayed in the books, in the play. Um, And then I'm going to share one of my favorite stories about Robert Moses. So who is he and why am I so jazzed up about him? Um, Like I mentioned before, he basically built New York City. He was born in 1888 and he died in 1981. He was never elected to any public office. He was always appointed and he held various positions throughout his more than 40 year long career. Sometimes he held up to 12 titles simultaneously, and these included New York City Parks Commissioner and Chairman of the Long Island State Park Commission. So not only that, but he created and led numerous semi-autonomous public authorities through which he controlled millions of dollars in revenue, and he directly issued bonds to fund new ventures with very little outside input or oversight. So he was a master in gathering power and retaining power. I mean, some of these stories are absolutely wild, um, but he's also a, another you know, part of what made him really successful was he was an unbelievable bill writer. So he was very good at navigating the political system to get what he wanted and writing bills and laws um, that ultimately got passed that would help him to create the New York City that he envisioned. I'm going to read you a quick quote from the power broker that demonstrates just how powerful Moses was. One measure of the career of Robert Moses is longevity. His power was measured in decades. 
On April 18, 1924, 10 years after he had entered government, it was formally handed to him. For 44 years thereafter, until the day in 1968 when he realized that he had either misunderstood Nelson Rockefeller or had been cheated by him, and in either case, had lost the last of it, he held power, a power so substantial that in the fields in which he chose to exercise it, it was not challenged seriously by any governor of New York State or during a 34-year period, 1934 to 1968, in which it extended over city as well as state by any mayor of New York City. So he was running around doing whatever the hell he wanted um, with very little, if not no, oversight. Um, And we're going to talk about some of the ways that he was able to do that. But I had mentioned before, oh yeah, you know, he transformed New York. What does that actually mean? So I'm going to list out some of the projects that he was responsible for that shape the city as we know it today. He created Jones Beach State Park, which is the most visited public beach in the United States. The Triborough Bridge, which is now known as the Robert F. Kennedy Bridge. I'm pretty sure that people mostly still refer to it, though, as the Triborough. Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, Throngs Neck Bridge, West Side Highway, Lincoln Center. Um, he also helped to reopen the Central Park Zoo and created swimming pools and so many other things that you need to read a 1,000-page book to learn about it all. So speaking of the book, let's talk a little bit about Robert Moses in The Power Broker. I mentioned that he was a controversial figure, but he wasn't always viewed that way. People really loved him because he was known as the parks guy. Like, how can you dislike a guy who builds parks and affordable housing and opens zoos and creates bridges to make your commute better? Now, while there were some controversies during his reign, like when he wanted to put a road through Washington Square Park, he was overall pretty respected by the public. However, when Robert Caro's book came out in 1974, some perspectives changed. The book was all about how Moses retained and expanded his power with little regard for others, especially for poor people and non-white communities. It exposed his lack of morals and his general attitude of like, I don't care, I don't give a damn, I'm going to do what I want. While his unique blend of skills and attitude was necessary to create the sweeping changes that he did in the city, it still is something that is questioned more so today than in years past. When I heard Robert Caro speak about writing the book, he discussed how Moses declined to be interviewed. So all of the stories are based on interviews with other people involved and research. It is a fascinating book. And I, because I'm into, into these types of stories, I was like laughing out loud sometimes. And then other times my jaw was on the floor because I couldn't believe how much power and pretty much like audacity he had when it came to doing what he wanted. Now, I mentioned as well that I also recently went to see a play called Straight Line Crazy. So after I had my first introduction through the power broker to Moses and then going to hear Robert Caro speak, I talked about it enough that my friends Shital and Rahim invited Joe and I to see a play about Moses called Straight Line Crazy. Moses is 
played um, by Ralph Fiennes, otherwise known as Voldemort, if you have seen the Harry Potter movies, <laughs> excuse me, the Harry Potter movies. Um, is this a coincidence? I don't know. Um, but the first act of the show is focused on a young Moses building Jones Beach. And then the second act is focused on him trying to build a road through Washington Square Park. And if you watch the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel TV show, you might recognize Robert Moses's name from the scene where Midge inadvertently joins a protest in the village saying, yeah, we don't want a road to come through Washington Square Park. Um, and I really enjoyed getting to see the play and having the stories that I had been illustrating in my head actually played out in front of me. But it is such a short snapshot of Robert Moses. And I think that they did a really good job of showing his personality and his drive. But I think that there's a story that exemplifies his abilities or at least his lack of caring um, above all others. So this is one that stands out to me when I think of Robert Moses, and I'm going to share it with you now. In the process of building the Triborough Bridge, Moses destroyed a ferry dock while the ferry was still in operation. <laughs> so let me give you the details. The Triborough Bridge was being built to connect Queens, Manhattan, and the Bronx. And in order to connect the bridge to Queens, they had to remove a ferry's dock, and it was determined that ferry service from Astoria to Manhattan was going to be stopped altogether. People weren't really happy about this. Getting across the bridge was going to be more expensive than just taking a ferry ride. Some people who lived in Queens or Manhattan, either way, uh, didn't have cars, so they were going to have to figure out some other mode of transportation. But Robert Moses was able to get his way despite any of this pushback. The mayor said, okay, we're going to stop the ferry service, but don't worry, everybody, we're going to give you 60 days so that you can figure out your alternative transportation plans. Moses was like, no way am I waiting 60 days to continue working on this bridge. And so he told the team that he had hired, go ahead, tear down the ferry terminal, and no matter who comes and talks to you, do not stop your work, just tear it down. So the men went out, they got a crane, and they went to work. The mayor heard about this, and he was like, what the heck is going on? So he sent one of his guys down, and I'm going to read you an excerpt of what happened when Moses was first questioned about what the hell are you doing, why are you tearing down this ferry terminal when we're supposed to be waiting 60 days. Hudson, the guy who the mayor sent, um, could hardly believe what was happening. The fact that the boat was heading across the river while its dock was being destroyed behind it was the least of it. The ferry could dock at another pier, which in fact is what happened when its amazed captain, returning from Astoria, saw what was happening. What was more important was that hundreds of regular ferry commuters who had come to Manhattan by boat that morning would be left stranded there with their homes on the other side of the river. Can you imagine, like you get up for work and you get on the ferry and you go over and you're like, oh, you know, I know that I'm only going to have two months left of this. I'll figure out some other way. And then you come out of work and you're like, oh, I can't get home because there is no dock. <laughs> So I, I just, I couldn't imagine, you know, the kind of chaos that was going on. Um, but Moses was not listening to reason from anyone and the men were not stopping their work because they wanted to keep getting jobs from Robert Moses. He was in control of all the work in the city. 
Finally, after many attempts to get Moses to stop, the mayor finally sent the police to use force, um, and they had to rebuild the dock overnight so that it would be ready to go again so that they could continue offering service. Now, Moses ended up getting the last laugh because instead of waiting 60 days, instead, a little over a week later, the mayor turned over the dock to him and he went about destroying it. And this was a pattern with Moses where he would start work on a project and he'd force it to be supported and completed because the elected officials didn't want people to look at it and say, why in the world did something get started and then it was more expensive and it wasn't finished? You know, we're better off just finishing the work. So there are so many examples, countless examples of how Robert Moses would manipulate people, would manipulate the, when I mentioned before, bills, that there would be laws that he was putting into place. Like there was one example where he was collecting toll money when he wasn't supposed to be (laughs) and then funding his other projects projects on these bridges. Um, So it's wild. There's so much to be learned and there's a lot of great resources about Robert Moses. I'll put some in the show notes where you can go and listen to some more in-depth podcasts and interviews. Um, But that is my version, my quick snapshot into who Robert Moses is, some thoughts on how he's been portrayed over the years, and a short story to show just how much he did not care. (laughs) Um, Stick around for the outro to hear a song called The Ballad of Robert Moses by John Foster um, with the catchy refrain of get the hell out of the way. (laughs) If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Stories New and Old on your podcast platform of choice. You can follow me on Instagram to get teasers for new episodes, and you can check out my blog for more great content. If you're so inclined, please rate and review this episode as it helps me to come up with new ideas, and it's a great way to support this podcast. Thanks for listening to Stories New and Old with me, Alyssa. I will see you next time. Robert Moses dreamed a new road across a wilderness called the Bronx. A road through houses, bedrooms, kitchens, schoolyards, playgrounds, local honky-tonks. Robert Moses taught those neighbors a lesson in democracy. I must sacrifice your hood, but it's for the greater good of a higher authority. Coming through, get out the way. Coming through, get the hell out of the way. The freeway authority is a one-man majority And you have to do as I say And some days in the diesel haze And the noise of a traffic jam I get this feeling that Moses was sent here by Pharaoh To screw up the promised land 